Transformers Chronicles, The Marvel Years. Hello and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. I'm Delvin, aka The Dark Web, and in case you are new to the show, welcome. And let me tell you what this thing is all about. We are going for a wild, crazy ride, chronicling the awesome, wacky, and sometimes corny world of Marvel Comics, The Transformers. But I will not be going at it alone. Looks like we're at the original crew today. And let's get to it. The number one guy, just, just you know, in the order I'm calling it, not like in priority, even though he is a very important person to my heart. Despite his lifelong love of comics, has never encountered Marvel Comics Transformers until now. And he wants to see what the fuss is all about with these robots in disguise. He is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. Welcome back, Pat. Have you recovered from the loss of Optimus Prime? You know, I'm still a little heartbroken on this. I'm Me a little too. sad. I'm a little worried. Um, Me too. Yeah. You know. You no, know, I, I had a I, quart of uh, 40 weight and I poured it out on the curb. Yeah. People yeah. were not happy about that. I got calls, you know, <laughs> it, it was for Prime. It was for yeah. Prime. When you, when you tell them that, they're like, oh, it's for Prime? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you, did you read Transformers 24? Like, here it is. Here it is. I'll wait. I'll wait. See, now you want to pull one, right? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. it. Yeah, it affected it all. Has anything else not Transformers related happened to you in your life recently? Well, uh, home transformations going on here at the oh. LBC headquarters here uh, for me and my little area of the studios. I'm, uh, you know, transforming my living space area. So putting a little uh, flooring down, painting down, you know. Oh, my. You haven't seen, like, you know, any, like, small humans, like, running by have then crossed your audio receptors, have they? Mm-mm. Not yet. Mm-mm. If I had some small humans that could help me, that would be very much appreciated. We might have to have Shockwave check out your head and give you a checkup. But in the meantime, next up, we have our Transformers expert, the lesser half of Married Watching Cartoons and the Rod Pod. Hi, Maggie. That's a hint that she's not here. The provider of knowledge, Jonathan Schaefer Hames. John, can you match that? Well, actually, you know, since I asked Pat, I should ask you, how are you recovering from the death of Optimus Prime? Hello, Delvin. Oh, you know, like like you do. I'm just kind of hanging out in my increasingly larger and more elaborate um, throne chair made up of of cars. It started out as just one car was made up in a chair and I had my big staff that I hit people with. But now I've got like 80 itty bitty cars made into a throne here, but it's still not helping me get over this. But maybe some exercise later might help that out. Okay, yeah. Well, I understand. I get it. You know, just make sure that you keep your mind sanity, sanity, John. That's the most important thing to keep. Agreed. If you can't keep your sanity, then keep it your sanity virtually. I'm not sure what that means, but virtual insanity. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That uh, Jamiroquai song. Yes. Yes. Jamiroquai. Okay. Want to sing it? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 got the futures. Virtual insanity. I remember that part of it. I just had to think. I was thinking about the video, too, with the moving walls and everything. Okay. It was super inventive. It really was. That has nothing to do with what else is going on in John's life, which, you know, now would be a good time for you to tell us about, John. Oh, got a fair amount going on. Uh, Maggie and I have both been fully vaccinated now. That's good news. The superpowers have not developed, but we're looking forward and just, you know, cautiously and slowly, you know, emerging. As part of that, we are uh, moving again to a much better location across town. So I'm sure in a couple of months that'll lead to a couple of episodes. We'll have many more, you know, jokes about which Transformers are helping us again, as we did two years ago. So we'll just current people expect these things from us. So we're going to keep it going. I do remember Omega Supreme helped last time, if I'm not mistaken. It was great. It took seconds, and we were there. Well, how about you, Delvin? Has your life transformed in any way? How's What's going on? Or, or I should ask you, then, how are you dealing with um, the death of Optimus Prime and or the fact that video games are not as elaborate and as the game as depicted in 1986? Well, all of that is rough. 
And I got to tell you, you know, my wife is a very, very tolerant woman just under general circumstances. But then she had to deal with a grown man, you know, blubbering and crying for about the last month or so straight. And I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it's not really that good of a look, but I was mourning and I'm allowed my feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it is 2021 now and us men are allowed to express our feelings. It's a part of spiritual and emotional growth, John. Yes. I'm sleeping in the guest bedroom. But wow. now um, <laughs> talking about all stuff that's happened in real life. Uh, yeah, uh, the wife and I, we found a place, actually. Everyone's moving or migrating in one form or another. And we actually um, we have been renting a place for like the last three and a half years. We actually found a place that is going to be home. And it's wow. lovely. It's a really lovely place that we just got lucky and found because everyone is like outbidding everyone else on houses nowadays because it is just a seller's market. But we found a place and um, we actually got the winning bid and it's like phenomenal. We hopefully should start moving in about a month or so. And I'm really looking forward to it. So that's where we'll be moving to. We'll all be. Can't wait till you invite us over for the house party. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let's get through this COVID thing and, and, and let's have ourselves a dog on party. It, it'll be nice to getting uh, back to some semblance of normalcy. Fingers crossed okay. on that too. Uh, much like uh, you and Maggie and I'm pretty sure Pat, I got my vaccination too. Um, both of them super happy to have that in my rear view. And hopefully um, a lot of people follow suit and we can get back to a mostly healthy, mostly happy society. Yeah, one Johnson one. They didn't give it to me in my rear view. So which one did you get? Uh, well, happy uh, to uh, have that in your rear view. <laughs> the, I, I got I got Pfizer. So um, it, oh, it's okay. only my only my figurative rear view. Um, oh, not see. literal. So that's good. I think. Anyway, I guess that's it. It's just us three. It's just the original crew tonight, and that's okay because I think that most people won't tune us out and will still listen. I hope. <laughs> The purpose of this podcast will be tackling all of Marvel's Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way all the way to the series in at issue 80. We will answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our ability and see how these books that we loved as a kid hold up to our cynical adult eyes. This podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So, fellas, let's see how Megatron deals with the sound of silence right after this promo. Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping The Transformers will return after these messages. All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lombox Crusade road trip to the Lombox Mobile crew. Check on, check on. Dang it. Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh no! Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's gonna need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked. Rick, or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck about his movie review show. Weasel Skull, did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Pro. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or beta? Eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, Let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey recovery. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the pure Lombok Crusade episodes. 
our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our Pop Culture Positcast show, the one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture that others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater, our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be covering today is Transformers issue 25, and here is John with the cover description. The corner box still features Optimus Prime and the Marvel 25th anniversary logo, which I don't know now if that made it better or worse for 12-year-old me's feelings about last issue, but here we are. Uh, The background color is a nice mix of yellow, red, and orange along the lines of the background for issue 23 with the Statue of Liberty which at first glance would seem like an odd choice considering those are the primary colors of five out of the six characters shown on the cover. Uh, But it actually really works Uh, with great shading and use of the secondary blue and all the Predacons makes the cover really pop out. Megatron is shown surrounded on all sides and by different altitudes by the five Predacons mid-battle, and Megatron is clearly getting the worst of things. Large chunks have been torn away, his left arm appears useless, and he looks actually exhausted. So you have little trouble nodding your head at the caption, which says Megatron's last stand with an exclamation point. The more than meets the eye logo appears in a dark color, and the Transformers is in white, along with the Autobot symbol. And that is the cover of 25, Delvin. Well, tell us what you think about it, John. I really like this one. This is a pretty iconic one. It's amazing. what every. It really sets up what we're going to be seeing. Megatron, every time we've seen him before, as base, except for once, you know, when Shockwave took him, first, which was, which this kind of reminds me of, is the only time we've really seen Megatron in the physical receiving ends of this, and he looks rough. And this is nothing that's going to go. I want to pick this up. I want to open this up and see how this fight goes. Pat, what do you think? I agree with John. This one is an interesting cover to me. I do like how it fades from the light orange or yellowish orange to the more darker orange up on top. I like how Megatron is really looking defeated and how he's got like scrapes and scars and all that, like the metal is kind of just kind of hanging off and he's been all really beat up and torn up there. I like that. I think that really looks really cool. It's kind of a simple cover because you just have the five Predacons around him and, and just him, nothing else in the background. But I think that's really cool because it just draws your eyes right to him. How about you, Delvin? It feels like I'm on the lower end of the uh, positivity for this one. Not that I dislike this cover. I'm kind of like in a mindset of, I don't know how much more action-packed they could have made it. They wanted all the Predacons on the cover, so that's five of them. That's a lot. With Megatron, which needed to be on there, so that's six. And so that's that's a lot. You've got to put six robots on the cover and then try and make it into an action scene. And so I think Herb Trimpey did a pretty good job on it. Herb Trimpey got cover credits for this, so I wish uh, Pat's going to be reading shortly. So I think it was a good job. I kind of wish for a background, but it's not even necessarily needed. I'm surprised that they went with kind of that orange and yellow background because most of the Predacons have that orange yeah. and yellow cover. Yeah. A that's color, what, that's what throws it off. Yeah. But it doesn't I, throw I, it off that much. It, I think it really works because they're able to focus, I think, because all of them have blue, the blue in the background, and they make sure that everyone has the blue that focuses, I think, really helps to offset it. Because... You'd think it would, but this really does make it pop, I think. 
And I agree with you, John. Yeah. I actually do. Uh, I, but for some reason, the best thing that I have to say about it is I think this was the best that the cover could have been given the circumstances and limitations. I get what you mean. I think it's like this cover is so busy because of what it had to have on it. You're saying, but they still mm-hmm. did a good job with that. I get you there. Yeah. Anything else, fellas? John, Pat? No, I think we covered it. Well, since we covered it, then we should rate it, right? Transformers mm-hmm. Chronicles, we do that one to 10 thing, like the tech specs on the old toys, one at the lowest, 10 at the highest. And now we will pass it back to Pat so he can tell us one through 10 what he thought of the cover. I'm giving this cover an eight. I think due to the kind of color scheming between the uh, Predacons, throws it off a little bit for me, but I still like the concept of it. And I think Megatron really stands out and looks cool in it. Okay. Um, John, I'm being predictive here and thinking I'm going to be the low, so we're going to go high, low, high. I'm with a seven. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's bad at all, actually. Um, I just was not just blown away by it um like i was the last issue of 24 of course you know i had some homeristic capable uh characteristics going on there but you know that couldn't be helped what do you think john i'm I'm gonna give it a low eight you know i I get where you are everything you're saying is true i but i really think the goods for me outweigh the bads i think the only thing that might push this up even to a nine would be if uh, I don't know the one that flies. I don't actually know that one's name. Uh, but if it was coming at like towards the the viewer at a more menacing angle, it or at least at an angle that made it look like he was coming at Megatron a little better, might have made it it work. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's an eight. I want to see what's going to happen. Well, if you want to see what happened, then we should probably get to that. But but first. You got to get to Pat, who's got to give us the credits for the issue. Yeah. All right, Delvin, thank you. And I am glad you asked. Let's get to the credits for this issue. We're covering Transformers number 25. Its on sale date was November 18th, 1986, but its cover date was February 1987. Cover price is 75 cents. Story goes to Bob Budiansky. Pencils is Don Perlin. Inks, Ian Aiken and Brian Garvey. Colors is Neil Yamtov. Letters, Janice Chang. And editor is Don Daly. Cover credits go to, as Delvin said before, Herb Trimpey. And this is all brought to you by Mike's Amazing World and TF Wiki. Back to you, Delvin. And now, now, John, we can get to the synopsis and start talking about this thing. It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the The title of this issue was gone, but not forgotten. So, after the death of such a prominent Autobot such as Optimus Prime, this issue would logically be about how the Autobots are going to deal with the fallout of said death. Not so fast. That's issue 26. And this is not issue 26. This is issue 25. Quit skipping ahead. No one likes a cheater. We instead find out what the Decepticons are going to do with the Hydrothermocline. You thought I was going to give it a phony name, didn't you? They're going to set up operations in the Florida swamps and start pumping out Energon cubes for world domination, baby. you think Megatron would be happy about this, but he isn't quite convinced Optimus Prime died and as Brawl the Combaticon, ugh, and as Brawl the Combaticon found out, you do not want to question him about that. 
Shockwave sees a prime, sorry it was too easy, opportunity to capitalize on Megatron going Looney Tunes, and so he set up an ambush to await Megatron down in Florida. Megs would be the last to transfer to the new base and would be confronted by the Predacons. Disguised as Autobots and thus, a brutal fight is on the way between the Combiner team and he who would absolutely can fly, no matter what John says. The Predacons get their licks in but can't fully finish Megatron, so they combine into their Jestal, named Predaking, to finish the deal, which they fail at because Megatron was dealing an enormous can of whoopbot and fails the 80-foot giant. Shockwave showed up near the end to pretend to help Megatron, but that ruse was quickly up when the battle damage was assessed but Shockwave uses that to remind Megatron that he controlled the Predacons via disc, which triggers the thought of Megatron that Optimus Prime might be alive, which causes Megatron to flip out and blow up the space bridge with him inside of it. Think that's gonna have an impact on the comic book? Looks like we got some stuff to talk about, y'all. On Transformers Chronicles, we talk about the goods, the bads, everything in between about the comic book, and we all have a discussion. So let's start with Pat. Pat, 25, Transformers. Talk to us. I'm going to start with the low for this one. And the low is, what does this beginning part have to do with when the army comes in there and they're going to attack the Decepticons area. It's like, does this really need it? What has the army <laughs> done at the any army point? Been doing since they arrived, the yeah. army's been constantly there. I mean, this would be like the third major attempt they've tried, maybe. But but like, you got but you know you got Burnett there there as well too, and I think it's I, putting it it's putting a last button on this because they're leaving okay. this base to go on in the other. So but they were leaving anyway, so it's like well, the well they didn't. Did. The army didn't know that. No, well, I thought it was great. I love that Megatron's uh, tantrum residuals, you know, were enough to completely override the an entire battalion of these things. <laughs> Do you think that there was any um, troops there that were veterans of the the attack against Megatron in in issue three, where they did about as well? <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible, and I mean, Lord knows there were no um, badges of honor that were released for these Transformer battles. Let's just say that much. But in a direct answer to Pat's question, Pat, they were there to take out the Decepticons in the hole that they were in. I also would want to say that I think that it at least keeps Walter Barnett's name around for a little bit longer. Okay. And that was my question. Is it closing that up? Is it opening it just a little bit more for him? I think that it's safe to say that we might see a little bit more of Walter Barnett. Okay. Okay. I just, you know, I mean, it's, they opened it up like that, but they could have just already went to where Shockwave and uh, Soundwave were getting ready to, you know, the wave bros. Hey, bros, let's get some waves. But they could have got together, you know, and just went to that part and, hey, we're working on getting this thing moved over to our new facility. Here's where we're moving, yada, yada, yada. But... I was waiting on John. John looks like he has something very poignant to say. No? Good job. Yeah, I think I, I do like it. Poor Army. I wish that they could get a win somehow, some way. They just have not been super successful against the Decepticons. But Fetcha Barnett is really feeling smart for having just fired Circuit Breaker two issues ago. You know, the only person who's ever really done anything. Took in a robot there. down, yeah. Could have used her now. Yep. Megatron yeah. Megatron takes them out without even knowing they're there. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's like, they didn't even need to be there. Long story short, backdrop. And so let's go from that backdrop then to maybe some other elements of the story. John, what do you got? Man, Megatron's crazy. Mm. I, I alluded to this, uh, the earlier thing. I, I do love how his, um, his throne in 23 was basically like a car or a bus that was like dented out to be yeah. one. And this one's like 50 cars. But, man, where Brawl's like, well, dude, he's dead. What's the problem? And he picks and grabs him up and squeezes until his face pops like that. Mm -hmm. That's a bit gross. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I'm more hyper aware this time as an adult that these are feeling robots. 
because they have been shown to feel pain before. So yeah. Brawl, that wasn't a pleasant experience for Brawl, and then chucked against the wall to my favorite sound effect in the whole issue, which is bonk. Bonk, yeah. <laughs> Brawl did not have a good go of it, that's for mm-hmm. sure. And it, it wasn't really his fault, which matters very little, you know, to him <laughs> or his head. I do remember reading that scene and i remember kind of like being like holy is he really oh, oh my that's goodness like, is he, i was like is he dead I don't yeah know. that's what i'm thinking too yeah what happened to him we see him he- later with no explanation so apparently somebody grabbed him and fixed his head back in issue uh 19 when megatron and shockwave had their like little split situation and shockwave decided to relinquish command to megatron mm-hmm. at that point I was. I remember putting a button in that by thinking, at, "This is the point when Shockwave's taken one look at Megatron and realized he's lost his mind, and he's going to just watch him for the rest of this until he has his moment to strike back." Because Shockwave, Megatron had basically gotten the majority of their soldiers uh, inactive and captured. Uh, mm-hmm. Meg- Omega Supreme took out almost everybody. Megatron's argument was, "Yeah, well, they obviously had a plan, so they must have accomplished it." And Shockwave's okay, you're nuts, but you're unstable. So I have to wait until you have a moment. And then what? wait until the screws come loose on him. Exactly. Because if over the next few issues, if you watch Megatron, his behavior gets more and more erratic until he's actually, you know, calling out Optimus Prime for a battle to the death while sitting in a junkyard whacking people. So I've chosen to read this as this is all damage that occurred to him due to his trauma after his fight with Ratchet. Well, I'll say this much. I mean, it is one way of looking at it. And yeah, he definitely started having a downward spiral, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And looks like Shockwave was right to kind of let Megatron continue to trip over his own shoelaces at that point because he challenged Optimus Prime to a duel of sorts. And I don't know if Runabout or Runamuck will really really conveyed that message or not. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but he sort of got that duel, but it didn't end in the way that he wanted it to. And then now we're seeing the results of that, which weren't pretty, which weren't pretty at all. And you got to give Shockwave some credit here. Shockwave had a good plan in place of like, yep, let's leave him by himself. Let's (laughs) do a little backdoor channeling and bring these brand new robots into the fray. And let's see how the maybe they can kill Megatron. Maybe they don't. Let's see how it goes. And with that, we can pass it back to Pat and see what else Pat wants to add. Well, speaking about those new robots that came, I think they're cool. I like them. I love the Predacons. I like their design. And when they formed together, it's like, oh, cool. This guy looks pretty cool. I want to I might want to try to find this toy. It looks really cool. And while they didn't give Predaking a full page, I think they probably gave him the most detailed artwork that we've seen of a Gestalt so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe minus um, Devastator, who are the Constructicons combined. But yeah. I'd say this is either first or second best. Johnny, what do you think about that? I, I agree with you. It's a really good. It's it's the amount of the panel that he's taking up and. And how Megatron is only coming up to his leg, and he just looks imposing. It's a the the tree in the background just to double up the size of how freaking huge he is. I have some time later that I talk about him, I imagine, but he's always been one of the more interesting ones, and he's usually depicted as one of one of the more, if not the most powerful of the Gestalt ones. Hmm. I could see that, you know, they're because all the little other pieces, they're basically they're hunters, right? Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea is that they're hunters and they fuse together to become the perfect hunter. Okay. And then, and then Skylink shows up and beats them in the cartoon. (laughs) Cause that's what happens. Pat, do you know who Skylink's is? Uh, -uh. yeah, stick a pin in it. Might get to see him later on sometime. All right. Yeah. Predaking. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's a really cool looking toy and I like that concept. And I like, like you guys were saying, I like how shockwave his scheme pretty good scheme for him pretty good scheme be scheming yep that's for sure john you got something to add well the entire fight between megatron and the predacons was some great stuff on both ends to be able to see megatron um being able to cut loose in a way we haven't been able to see him do 
and to see the predicate the, the predicons able to you know give back as good as they get i mean this for me is what in my mind i wish the dinobot fight with him should have been like yeah like all of them really giving it and megatron beats them but it takes every ounce of him to do so although i remember as a kid going when he blasts predaking and takes him one shots him down with his fusion cannon mm-hmm. i was like Okay, that's why you're the leader then. But actually, that was kind of what he said back in three. As long as I have this thing, I'm the leader. Yeah, and well, it's kind of hard to argue. <laughs> I guess so. But, but it's a yeah. really well choreographed fight, well put together. The carnage and the damage is so great. And then when you find out later that apparently Shockwave was controlling them, or at least tells him he was in order to plant that idea of his hand. But I like that idea. They are acting in a very coordinated manner and doing so, but I imagine the Predacons would do that anyway, so I don't know why they would need Shockwave to add that to him. So he very well could have just audible that in order to really try to spark the last bit of cray-cray and Megatron there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely seem to be the more put-together team of all the combiners. I definitely like that they got an opportunity to have a drawn-out fight. Yeah. Uh, during the whole thing. Um, and again, I mentioned the Predaking drawing. I thought the Predaking drawing was fantastic. And then I also liked the drawing where early on, when Megatron was sitting on the, th- the throne, I thought it was just super detailed. And so I give Don Perlin a lot of credit for his art. And so, and Aiken and Garvey as well. I thought that the artwork was very well done and the splash pages or the bigger panel pages were very well done and, and accentuated to get battle. I've also always liked uh, Razor Claw, who's the leader of the Predacons. I've yeah. always liked mm-hmm. that that head, and it looks really good on Predaking too. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's almost like the, their emblem. Yeah, that's what makes it out. cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Speaking of the Don Perlin's art on the inside, man, just that p- page, that panel where. Megatron's face is kind of kind of off and all that. And it's like, oh man, that I was like, whoa, he's really getting where they tear up. off half his face. Yeah. Yes. My face. Yeah. It looked almost Terminator esque, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Really effective at the end when he finally snaps and starts talking in the third person later with his face half off like that. Mm-hmm. That one stuck with me as a kid. You won't stop Megatron. Wow, man. On, only yeah. Megatron stops Megatron, I guess. <laughs> Which he he did, <laughs> he did at that. That was that was a way to go out. I mean, he went out with a complete bang. Absolutely. Is there anything else to talk about in the book? I think we might find a thing or two if we wanted to. I guess, but I'll leave it to you, gentlemen, to decide that. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Do you have anything else to add? What I want to add is Soundwave. Whose side is he really on? His he, own. His it, own. It, it does fit with his tech specs. It talks. He's definitely an opportunist, and people okay. don't like him, which which I like because it's because he was so pro, he was so Team Megatron before. Yeah, and I get the stuff turns. It's like Shockwave, who I have been a friend of the whole time. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so now you guys are buddies, and you're working on this, and and Shockwave's just like, I'm just gonna go ahead, and you can listen in as I talk to the Predicator guy. Hear about what the plan is going to be, and we're going to take off Megatron. And I did think it was funny that Razor Claw apparently did take off time from being one of the greatest hunters on Cybertron to like man the phone, you know, so Shockwave <laughs> could get a hold of him. It was like, oh, that'll save me time. You're here. Great. <laughs> Grab your other hunters and come here. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that later on, then he changes and tells Megatron, oh, well, I found this disc. And this is right. what was controlling. <laughs> well, you knew it already because yeah, it's. But then he plays it back. <laughs> yeah, he plays it back, and he already knows who's behind it. Why don't you just just tell him? Why'd you have to let him listen to it play back? I'm with John there in that it does play play to Soundwave's character that he kind of is. He's gonna flow which way he thinks the winds or the waves of power is gonna and go. So. I think this is a good issue that shows that for me, mm-hmm. at least being new, I was like, hmm. Well, you know, what's going on with Soundwave? 
Especially when, I mean, for now, you know, we're at issue 25, and we've seen a power dynamic between Shockwave and Megatron quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clear who's that number one guy and who's that number two guy, and that's shifted back and forth. So Soundwave is kind of like, okay, I'm, I want to be with who's number one, but I'm going to keep an eye on number two just in case number two gets that advantage. And so, like, the advantage in this case was that Megatron gone cray-cray. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> it was time for him to not only fall out of number two, but just completely fall out of the picture entirely. And Soundwave saw that whole thing coming. Mm-hmm. John, do you have anything else to add? One last thing, just because uh, this one couldn't go by without me commenting, in which a coloring error actually saves a thing. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> There's a bit where you see Megatron who decides to transform into gun mode, and rather than fly, he decides to hop into one of the Stunticons, uh, who it is described here as being drag strip that he jumps into. However, he it is clearly dead end that he is getting into drag strip is the indie car looking one and uh drag strip is a uh, dead end is the Porsche looking one. He's hopping into the Porsche, but they did, but he is colored yellow like drag strip was. So that helps that. But in any case, later on, when you see him again, it, he gets, uh, he is in dead end who he calls dead end yeah. now. So clearly yeah, it's me point, too. Drag strip was like, look, look, buddy, I cannot handle this guy anymore. He has been talking about <laughs> killing Optimus Prime. And I'm, I'm serious. He's dead. You got to take him for me. So, <laughs> you know, I fought Optimus Prime back in the Great War. Yes, man, <laughs> I know. Oh, it was awesome. And then I was like, pew, pew, pew. And then he was like, pew, 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 pew. And it was great. <laughs> like, oh, again. Uh, yes. Um, you're right about that coloring error. John, good catch. Good catch. Should we end on a coloring error? I feel like we should end on it's, something to do with more with robots. Pat, give me one more thing. I'm just going to go back to how crazy Megatron is. <laughs> it was good, though. This is really good to just show how crazy he is. Like, and that part, too, when he's talking to... Uh, who is he talking to? See, I'm even confused now. In the car. Drag one strip. of the Stanticons. Yeah. Dragstrip. And he sees the red truck coming. And he's like, no, man, I don't think that's Optimus Prime. I think it's just a normal truck. Yeah. And he goes after it. And then after the truck, and it pulls up the truck. And <laughs> Yep, just driving this Peterbilt, and everything's going well. And then, boom, like, what the heck? I hope we had insurance, at least. Yeah, that was, yeah, Megatron had a, he just had a bad, bad day there. Really bad day. And then, you know, at the end of it, he blew up the space bridge with himself in it yeah so i'm interested to see what's going to happen there it's also a good time and a good way to end about the current state of play when it comes to the transformers so at this point at the end of issue 25 we have the autobots who don't who are without optimus prime for all we know and we have to assume optimus prime is dead or if he's not dead, then he's around right now. He's not around. <laughs> it, like the Autobots certainly think that he's dead. And now the Decepticons on Earth have no reason to believe that Megatron is alive. Yeah. So who's leading the team now? Is it going to be Shockwave in the future? Is there going to be some other element that comes up? Don't know. Who's going to lead the Autobots? Is is I mean I have no idea. Is is it going to be Prowl? Is, I mean, who, who's going to take over for the Autobots? And how is that going to affect the Autobot and Decepticon battle going forward? I will leave Easy. one more comment on this. Sure. As you guys brought this up, there were really no Autobots in this. Not a single one. It was a totally Decepticon no. story, which is really amazing to do. And now I just thought about it. It's like, I'm reading Transformers. Yeah, Transformers, you want to see both, but... I was really digging this story on a, just a Decepticon level. Mm-hmm. And nothing to do with trans, with the Autobot side of it. The I only thought, thing that they mentioned, and they think they drew an image of him or two, was Optimus Prime. Yeah. Optimus Prime technically made an appearance in the book. Technically. That's but it. they didn't go to any other Autobot. Yeah, they didn't do anything. It was, this was totally a Decepticon issue. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. I agree. So, we will move on and talk about... 
Talk about which character in the book stood out the most, be it Autobot, Decepticon, or Human. John, who had the touch in Transformers <laughs> issue 25? Oh, well, I think you got to give it to Shockwave. Even though I almost was going to give it to Megatron, even though with his final fate, he still managed to really deal out a serious amount of damage and to take out Predaking in one shot was pretty great. But ultimately, uh, Megatron's little David Xanathos from Gargoyle's Gambit finally paid off and he got his way and pushed all the buttons in all the right ways. Megatron went crazy in a way that took him off the table. And as far as it looks right now, Shockwave is standing leading the Decepticons, which is what he has wanted since we've seen him. So he seems to have gotten back what he wanted. So good on you, Shockwave. I think mm-hmm. I've given him the touch more time than anybody else in this freaking thing yeah shockwave has had his ups and he's had his downs and megatron's had his ups megatron's had his downs (sighs) i'm gonna give shockwave the touch shockwave be scheming man and this scheme paid off and it, it wasn't derailed by you know bumblebee throwing a huge rock at him or anything like he pulled this one off and (laughs) And not only did he pull it off, he pulled it off on the fly because he was kind of, you know, they had already had the hydrothermocline plans. They're going to do that. Everything was good. And then Megatron was all like, I'm crazy Megatron. And then (laughs) Chuck was like, hmm, what can I do with this? And I mean, he did that whole thing on the fly. And I give him credit for that. Give him credit for that quick thinking and ingenuity. Pat, who do you think had the touch? I'm going to agree with you guys, too, on Shockwave. You have to on this one. It's just that scheme that he has planned out. And then it looks like it's not going to work out. And then he just kind of turns that knob just a little bit more, that knife a little bit more into it. And then he, you know, crazy Megatron goes crazy. He slashed some robots (laughs) left and right. He's crazy. Yeah, Megatron was like, oh, yeah. like He he was almost starting to make sense. He's like, oh, yeah, I know Optimus Prime is dead. And then he was like, disc. <laughs> and he went nuts. So, yeah, uh, we got two shockwaves. We got a Megatron. We can disagree with none of it. We can transition. But I am just a broken machine, and I do things that don't really mean. If we talk about the touch, Someone had to be out of touch. And we talk about the character that was the worst in the book, and they should have to get their heads crushed in for speaking out of turn in a segment called Less Than Meets the Eye. So we will volley it back to Pat and ask Pat, who was Less Than Meets the Eye for Transformers 25? Hmm. That's a tough one for me on this one, uh, because nobody was kind of too out of their way for Less Than You know what? I'm going to go with my opening, The Army. Less than yeah. Yeah. There you go. They generally yeah, they, they weren't all they could be. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was expecting a fight, Hooray. but no, they get thrown off by Megatron's craziness again, slashing robots left and right. Woohoo! And they didn't. The and he wasn't even fighting really them. All that well. No, that was great. No, they haven't. I agree with you, Pat. <laughs> like the army. Did not he really do well the for last time we fought him. Yeah, I, I mean, your Spider Man stole your hat. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, you I remember when? Do you remember when Megatron like came? I was like, give me your best shot, and the tank just hit him yeah. square in the chest, and it was like, ha! Wait, <laughs> just just, yeah. yeah, more of that <laughs> energy. What are you gonna say, Pat? You, we keep interrupting you. Sorry I was, about that. I was gonna give it to Earl. Because he didn't uh, leave right away. Oh, the clam eater. <laughs> the clam eater. <laughs> Earl wanted some clams, man. Yeah. Can't blame him. Uh, oh. But uh, so, got to give it to the army. Got it. We got the army. John, who do you got? Um, Again, with the, well, with the honorable mention again of Megatron. So he gets my honorable mention of both the touch and less than. Because he got blowed up and after going crazy. But I got to give it the brawl. 
for the poor guy. You got your face crushed off and chucked away. So you didn't at least didn't have to take part in any of the events of this issue, but that kind of had to hurt, get fixed. So brawls uh, less for me. Mm. How about you, Delvin? Who you got? I'm wrapping it up with Predaking. Like you, you can't go out. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm 80 foot tall. I'm the ultimate hunter, and you got like he got two shot it. Like Megatron <laughs> threw a tree at him, and then just opened up that fusion cannon like boom and knocked him the f out. Like dang. Wow, Predator King, you can't be the ultimate hunter if you let someone less than half your size just take you out like that. Omega Supreme didn't fall like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Omega Supreme freaking swatted Megatron into the side of a dog on a mountain. But Predator King, all he did was make him, the big, biggest thing that he did is make Megatron drop his uh, fusion cannon. Then he got distracted. Then he got blown into oblivion. So... Yeah, for such a big giant just thought that looked all cool, I thought he took an enormous L, and thus he is less than meets the eye to me. But I get the feeling that this issue was not less than meets the eye to all of us. One way to find out, though, we're going to rate it 1 to 10, like the tech specs of old. And let's see, John is off mute. So, John, tell me, what will you be rating Transformers issue 25? I am going to give this a nine. It is about as close to perfect as you can get. It does deal with an iconic situation and handles it better. Well, for me, it actually, um, as much as I did like the last issue, I think for me personally, for young me, especially it, it really was a more satisfying go out for, for Megatron than Optimus Prime got in my mind. So this one and the art is top notch on here. Um, he is they the art team is firing on all c- cylinders and will only usually get better for the next few so this is good stuff so it is a nine how about you i'm with you i think a nine is a good place to have this and i'll mention this much i could have put this in the story but this is a good place to put it too so we just for now anyway we're saying goodbye to optimus prime and we just said goodbye for now to Megatron, assuming that he didn't just completely disintegrate himself never to be seen again. And how did Optimus Prime go out? Optimus Prime went out that even though he won, he said he cheated and he would rather die than violate his moral code. And so he did. Megatron went out in an absolute blaze of glory and said, yep, like ain't nobody taking me down unless you're <laughs> unless your name is Optimus Aloysius Prime. Ain't nobody taking me out. <laughs> me. And so he did. And he went out in his own inimitable style. And so they both went out in their own ways. Very, very interesting in how different those two were. Um, nine. Very, very good issue. And what do you think, Pat? I agree with you guys as well, too. This was definitely a nine. Um, great story. Great character moments on uh, a lot of the Decepticons. Uh, like I said before, you know, this was totally a Decepticon issue all the way through, which was nice. And I didn't really realize it until us having this conversation, which was, to me, makes it even better because I just read it as a normal comic and didn't think nothing of it. And I thought it was cool. So, Nine all the way for me. Sweet. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Pat. Glad you enjoyed it too, John. And we will move on to Transformer Spotlight, where we are going to discuss a particular Transformer, which is featured in today's issue. Take it away, John. All right. We are doing Predaking, who apparently does have stats. I was able to find out on Transformers University site. So thank you, Anthony. Uh, here's what the Predaking, or here's what Predaking's card says. Destroy first, ask questions later. The closest thing to a perfect fighting machine that the Decepticons have. As a warrior, he has no equal. As a weapon, he has no restraints. His actions result from seemingly savage animal instinct. Can lift 500 tons. Reacts to any movement he sees within two thousandths of a second. Can generate protective electrical field. Wields powerful X-ray laser cannon. Each foot houses twin mortar shell launchers. You know you're in trouble when the thing you're fighting shoots mortar shells out of its feet. (laughs) 
no known weaknesses. Oh, John, John, well, John, yep. one weakness. <laughs> right, fusion cannon, yeah, cutting to that. But his strength is ten. His intelligence is five. His speed is three. His endurance, according to Anthony's site, is 8.5. So who am I to argue? Uh, his rank is 7. His courage is 9. His firepower is 9. And his skill is 8. Now, in the wake of the success of the Constructicons and the Scramble City Combiners, we have Predaking, who is the combined form of the animal-themed Predacons. Now, Predacon's bulk resulted from... He is the largest combiner um, of the original G1s. If you stack them all up together, he is the largest of them. And that bulk comes from the fact that all of the Predacon robots were the same size, unlike in the Scramble City ones where you'd have your leader and then your arm and leg robots who were smaller. But all of the Predacons were the same size, thus leading to a much larger gestalt. And also, he's um, unlike most combiners of the time, his body is made of Predaking's body is made only of built-in parts, so there's no extra you know, hands or giant head to pop on. All of it comes from bits that are already there built in, so he doesn't feature any additional armor accessories either. His massive feet each feature two huge cannon barrels for toes, and his detailed articulated fists feature sculpted armor and large spikes protruding from each knuckle. He is a sweet-looking combiner. He is arguably the best looking of them. I, I prefer Superion's look, but this guy is, it looks pretty sharp. Um, he's always in any universe you ever see him in. He's depicted as some level of ultimate fighting machine. Uh, he's definitely supposed to be more powerful than the other combiners. So, of course, he gets defeated repeatedly by Skylinks in the cartoon. And that begs the question of just how powerful is Megatron's fusion cannon anyhow. But I digress. Uh, these guys were very popular, popular enough that when the Beast Wars franchise were created, which, like any other franchise of Transformers, has like 80 different continuities, but in most of them, they are temporally distant from the regular Transformers stories. And in that one, the entire bad guy faction is called Predacons. Uh, and then the good guys are the Maximals. So that's always interesting and also causes some confusion and some inter interpretations. But that's the story for another time. And that is... Credit King, Delvin. Fantastic, John. And now we will go to a commercial break. The Transformers will return after these messages. Teddy Roosevelt, Spartacus, Julius Caesar, Babe Ruth, and Albert Einstein. What do these men all have in common? I got it. Great shoes. You know, like sandals, or Albert Einstein had great hair, but I know, they were all great with the ladies. <laughs> no, well, maybe. Hmm. But no, the correct answer is that Phineas and Jeffrey met them all, plus many more. But what if the listeners don't know who Jeffrey and Phineas are? Phineas and Jeffrey? They're voyagers. You know, they travel, time travelers, travel through time, correcting history. You know, giving a little nudge where needed. You mean how Jeffrey corrects the mistakes and Phineas takes all the credit and don't forget all the ladies? Uh, yeah, something like that. Join Michelle and me, Aaron, monthly as we follow these two adventurers. Available on most podcatchers as Voyager's Cast and also on the Head Cast Network. Green light, kid. We now return to the Transformers. Now it is time for Transmissions, where we heap praise upon the audience for listening to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. We appreciate all the love and attention we get from the show, and we will talk about Transformers Chronicles, The Marvel Years, Episode 23, where we talked about Issue 23. And we have a lot of social media likes, shares, and retweets, so we better get started. Aaron Head Moss. Aaron Henley. Adrian Jones. Al Sedano. Andre Reichenbacher. Angel Bernard. Angelica Fetty Wolf. Ooh. Anthony Apicella. Bill Michael. Bull Marco. Bole? Bola? Bole Marco. <laughs> what is it? 
I don't know. Bole? Bola? <laughs> I okay. don't know. We're going to go with Bol Marco. Very sorry that I don't know how to pronounce your name. Brian Finton. Brian Mendoza. Brian W. Frazier. Chris Leiden. Christopher Willette. Clinton Robinson. And Coffee and Comics. And Comic Reflections. Darren Sutherland. David Elvin. Days of High Adventure Podcast. Debeche. Dean Dunphy. My lovely mother, Dame Deborah Smith. Delvin Cox. Derek William Crabb. Dustin Stab. E.J. Granger. Edward Elsdun. Emmanuel Nasarino Aruda Silva. MJRJ. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. Okay, we're in a hurry. <laughs> Felipe <laughs> Cruz. Felipe Ventura. Gene Hendricks. Jerry Green. Giovanni Rossiti. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Hack Aurelia Jr. Hilton Jackson. Hoover Jeremiah. Ivan Petrosa Bolivar. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Pro- What? A.k.a. Death Probe, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. That, you know, for reasons like that, some of the rest of us don't get nicknames, Jared. You have all the he, nicknames. He did take them all. That's true. Jason like Anderson. Is it my turn? Oh, I no. don't know. Did I skip? I did. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So I cut John off and I skipped you. Go ahead, Pat. Jason Anderson. Jeff Brown. It's okay to cut me off. It's actually wise to, but skipping Pat, you don't want to do that. Uh, Jeremy Spaulding. Jim Harris. Jody Christofferson. John Mauser. John R. Smith. George Cardenas. Justin Matushak. Keith Black. Kenny Johnson. Kevin Christopher. Laurel. Mountain Flower One. Although no one was here to say it, she does not work for us. It's still worth mentioning. Mandy O'Toole. Matt Large. Max Reads Comics. Max Traver. Michael Small. Mike Jenner. Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. Morris Colwell. Oscar Chaparro Chakaris. Peter DeVilbis Performing Arts. R.A.D. Adventures, or do they just call themselves Rad Adventures? Either they way, call them rad in my head. Yes. Richard G. He's related to Kenny. <laughs> Rick Babcock. Except he plays the tuba. Same song. If you got that, that's hilarious. <laughs> Ricky Cope. Robert Charles. Roberto Romero. Once Roderick again. Mack. Say it one more time, John. No. All right. Roderick Mack. Thank you. Ruth Sutherland. Ryan Daly. Sean Kelly. Sean Kempton. Shimon Siskel. Simon Barnes. Stephen Gibson. Terrence Jones. The Hammer Strikes. Thomas Cologne. Tim Coker. Trekker Talk. Give me a beat. Eh, there's no time for a no. beat. Just read okay. it. <laughs> I'm packing the power of the power pack because power pack power can't stop. <laughs> Untold Talks of Spider-Man <laughs> Podcast. Bernard Jeffries. Vic Sage. Warlord Worlds. Weasel Skull. There he is. And Zachary Carter. Good Lord. That was a lot of names, but that's awesome. I cannot believe that many people even commented, liked, did anything with it. Thank y'all so much. We have a little bit more of social media comments. Um, I'll start with one uh, from awesome listener to the show, GLHG. He says, great episode, everyone. And if you're thinking of doing new pod shows, just remember, we still need horror movie face off. So maybe Maggie and John could wishful thinking. Come on, GL. You don't listen to enough of our stuff already. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen because that would just be the two of us. Like, it would be a lot like a podcast I know with the premise of which is how for people, for viewers to guess how long this one person's roommate who hates horror movies will be able to last through the horror movie. So they who try doesn't to- like horror movies between you and Maggie? Uh, neither of us really appreciate them all that much. They're not our thing. But when we do watch him, we just both, uh, I, I turn into sh- a shrieking person. And um, I have to be in a very specific movie for horror movies or mood for horror movies, which I don't get into very often. So interesting. Let's go with a comment, sir. All right. 
John with no H, I'm all their Jonathan's represented for so John and Wilson. Uh, y'all are all just a smidge, smidge in front of my pace. I've read SU 20. Somehow you're not pulling out way ahead, and I'm also not catching up. Well, John, I guess that makes us both just right. We'll have to have John on. He was he was doing the uh, TFUK podcast for a bit where he was covering both these comics and the um, UK ones, but he's given that up for the time being, but we should have him on to chat Transformers with us. Before you came on, uh, Pat was saying the same thing, so it looks like that's going to happen sometime in the near future. Next comment, Pat. I'll take the next one from The Hammer Strikes. And he says, you know, we just rewatched Life of Brian this weekend, so Maggie's comment was both funny and timely. Smiley face. (laughs) Go ahead and read the next one, too, since it's about the life of Brian. Okay. The next one is from Monthly Movie Muckabout. And Rick says, haven't seen Life of Brian. It's like they have not experienced living. John, are these jokes doing anything for you? Yes, a bit. Maggie was commenting on a scene from Life of Brian where someone graffitis Romans go home, writes it in in Latin on the Colosseum and and a... Centurion finds him and corrects his grammar to a point that anyone who has taken a foreign language, especially one that's Latin based, will find very funny because it's just about the and and so the people not being able to understand the graffiti was a pretty fun lead into that. So I liked it. All right. I will take a comment from Ricky Cope, who might be a first time commenter. So thank you very much, Ricky. Um, he's talking about runabout and run amok saying, I love these guys. Of course, I love Beavis and Butthead. And these two are the Transformers equivalent. And so we kind of did like a um, little graphic of a montage that had runabout and ruck- uh, runabout and run amok, <laughs> both in kind of like the Beavis and Butthead, like uh, when they p- first pop up on the uh, cartoon. So that was very well done. <laughs> I am Cornholio. <laughs> I need TV for my uncle. <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> uh, we had a few more comments. Uh, one from Lee James Gannon, uh, who I also think is new, and he showed us, it looks like the UK version. That was a pretty cool version of the Battle Chargers. Again, run about run amok, and then it showed uh, the version as well of the American cover, which was kind of cool. Looks like the, uh, the background was different. John may have talked about that during episode 23. And then there's yet another cover that had the battle charges on it as well. So just some cool background that uh, Lee James Gannon decided to share with us. Uh, MJRJ just uh, shared a clip with us of uh, Beavis and Butthead laughing. Supercut. Again, just really talking about run about run amok. And last... Christopher Roulette was saying, I remember feeling this was supposed to involve punk as a kid who only knew what punk was from sitcoms. So, yes, think that we got a decent amount of enjoyment from uh, episode 23, fellas. Sure did. Thanks a lot. We appreciate all of those comments. It's nice to see new people, too, as well, especially chatting. Yeah, 1,000% agree with that. If we happen to miss a few for whatever reason, we do apologize. It's certainly a good problem to have. Uh, but we don't want to forget to recognize anyone. So if you ping us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we will correct it next issue. And that's the show. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 26, where we find out about somebody called the mechanic. Hmm. If you like to hear more from us, the Longbox Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers to include Spotify at www.longboxcrusade.com. Twitter at Longbox Crusade, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon, all Longbox Crusade. YouTube, please subscribe. We have a do it live stream. That's once a month, every second Sunday. We're dropping additional comment, or excuse me, additional content as well. Um, from the Patreon that will sometime transfer over to YouTube channel. Jared's also doing a creator spotlight every once in a while. And uh, there's a show called Come Out to Play that I host. That's a New Warriors podcast that's talking about the 1990s New Warriors series. So that's once a month as well. So we're trying to add a little bit more content uh, to the uh, to the feed. So please come check us out on YouTube. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. I'd like to give a special shout out to our Crusaders Club members. You know who you are. 
Uh, we love to have you. Membership starts at $1 a month and we work hard to earn your buck if you'd like to join our Crusaders Club. Yeah, John can be found on the Rod Pod where he and Maggie cover IDW Phase 2 Transformers comics in order and Married with Comics where they talk about everything else. You can find those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcasters, or excuse me, and other podcaster places, or tell your Amazon device to play Married with Comics Podcast, which is at MWC underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, the Married with Comics podcast uh, can be emailed at marriedwcomics at gmail.com. Pat, where can you be found? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at ChrisTatos01. Where can you be found, Delvin? I can be found on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY1977. See you all next time. And remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Till all are one. Till all, Til all are, are one. one. You got we'll the touch. Do, do, do. You got the power. Yeah. Yeah. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended, and it is for entertainment purposes only. They are just fans that like to share our love of comics.